Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As soon as they come in, we'll get going. Welcome in, everyone. This is Coast to Coast Football slash the Falcons podcast slash it's NFL draft week now. It's mm-hmm. it's like eight days away. I'm counting that as one week, Nick. I'm getting excited. I'm ready to do this. And then, then there's a little postpartum where, you know, you're like, the draft. Okay, well, now I got to look to the next draft. It, it never really stops, does it? No, not really. And I typically, you know, we like to stretch it out a little bit. We'll probably be through the 2023 draft, you know, May, May 20th. At that point, we'll have a chance to digest everything. And then we'll be on talking, you know, a little Caleb Williams, Drake May, Marvin Harrison Jr., Olu Fakashu. God, you can say that guy. You can, you can say, (laughs) we'll give him the nickname by then, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a fun time. I'm excited for it to get here. And just see all the moves in the landscape and where a lot of these guys fall. See where some of our pet players, their team fits. And uh, get excited about this class. Obviously, I think we saw it was it was either McDermott or Bean uh, for Buffalo this week. Talked about how there's a exceedingly small number of first-round grades on their board this year, which seems to be the consensus for a lot of teams. I'm curious to see where that cutoff is this year. Uh, just for you people in the chat who don't really follow the draft as much. Uh, you people. You people. You know what I'm saying. Uh there are typically 32 first-round picks, correct? This year, there's only 31 because Miami, the stuff with going on with their owner. But uh, typically, teams have, you know, 16 to 24 first-round grades. There are less first-round grades than there are uh, picks. This year, it might be in that, like, 12 to 16 range, given the dialogue from people connected to the league and even what people in the league are saying right now. So it will be fun to follow, kind of see where that line of demarcation is and uh, how picks got 20 through 80 fall uh, i think it's going to be pretty random in that range 
Well, it always, it, it, it helps you realize, you know, what we've said all along is, you know, for the most part, you'd rather have more shots. Mm. I'd probably rather have picks 49 and 50 than pick 25. Yeah, I, there was a recent study done. I cannot remember who did it. I think it was the, on the athletic football show, the general manager of the Rams came on and talked about a recent study that showed the most valuable pick where you can get the most bang for your buck over the last decade of drafts is like pick 14 to 18. Like that last first round grade uh, is typically, because that's, there's like, again, a line of demarcation. If you can get that last guy who's a consensus first round pick, there's a lot of value and you can pay the least to get that compared to, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Some of that might be mental as well. Honestly, yeah. you know, it's like they're a little hungrier. They might not be quite as, you know, yeah. when you're talking top five picks, there's some baggage that can go along with some of those guys at times, you know, their top five picks, their heads are big. And some of the guys just outside of the top 10 might be a little, you know, a little bit more, uh, a little hungrier. I want to say hello to some folks as the chat is opening up here. Lots of people coming in. Appreciate you being here. Michael Ranquillo kicking us off the icebreaker. He says, good morning, Scott and Nick on Coast to Coast Football. Appreciate you being here. Yeah, again, I'm Scott Kennedy. I'm in Atlanta. And that over here is Nick Kendall. He is in Seattle. So we are coast to coast. Nick gets up bright and early with us for sure. And Jeremy comes in. He says, morning, fellas. Hope Nick is nice and awake after his early morning. Yeah, <laughs> plenty awake. He's been up since, well, before I got up. And he's in uh, he's in Seattle. So that's, yeah. he, uh being a good friend, running people to the airport at all hours in the night. So Roderick Cook, good morning. He says, afternoon, everyone coming in from the UK. So good afternoon to you as well. We are international. We're not just coast to coast. We're worldwide. Mm -hmm. Kevin F says, good morning, guys. Let's get this party started. We may see Kevin over there on Facebook as well. He's on YouTube right now. Mark Schrader, good morning. Good morning. Appreciate you being here from Texas. Kevin Mapp, good morning. Our Southern Miss Golden Eagle. Dom coming in. He says, good morning. Scott, Nick, Dog Nation, Broncos Country. Uh, Scott, how do you like the back-to-back -back Bulldogs rings? I don't really care. <laughs> uh, I'm happy for uh, all my Georgia friends. I've got a ton of them. Um, one of the reasons why I didn't want to go to Georgia is because everybody I knew went to Georgia. That wasn't quite the same academic hurdles to get into the University of Georgia in the 90s mm. uh, as it was uh, as it is now. Um, so, but I care more about like Braves rings. Um, but you know, I'm, I, like I've said before, I, I root for the names on the back of the jerseys more than the front. And I, I got to know Kirby smart when I started in the business, he was a graduate assistant. So we used to talk a lot about recruiting and stuff coming up through, and he was always just a great person. And I'm really, really happy for, for Kirby. He stayed the same guy from graduate assistant to defensive coordinator, to head coach, um, and all that time working for Saban. So I'm real happy for for Kirby Smart. Big, big, big Kirby fan. Joe yeah, Cannon, Kirby. great morning, Scott and Nick. Good morning to you, Joe. Thanks for coming over on Facebook. Nice. Keith Robbins coming in with that. That looks, I can't quite tell without seeing the grill, but I think it's a Ram. Um, God, you're always recognize the truck, though, the two-tone Ram there. So I don't want, and if it's an F-150, he's going to be pissed. So but I think <laughs> it's a Ram in his profile page. Tyler, come in with our first big comment. And this is kind of what we want to talk about today before we get into a full 31-team first-round mock draft. I don't think we've done that, Nick. So we're going to do that no. today. We'll get through some of this quick so we can spend some time. Can't have more than a minute on every pick, though, because, uh, you know, it will, it'll, it'll go fast. But Tyler says, we're getting closer. Rumor has it the Houston Texans are not going quarterback. Uh, will Anderson losing some hype, some outlets claim, leaning more towards a one-two punch with uh, B. John Robinson. 
Aura Tyler. Tyler. Who's Algier. That? He's talking about Tyler the Algier. Oh, yeah. Okay. There we go. I'm thinking uh, Wilson. No, that's Tyrese. Okay. Um, that'd be pretty good as far as talking about uh, you know, the Atlanta Falcons with B. John Robinson and Tyler Algier with CP with Cordero Patterson being Debo Samuel. I, I, I take issue with one part of that statement. Cordero Patterson was first. Cordero Patterson was playing that slash game the first half of the season when the San Francisco 49ers mm -hmm. said, hey, we got a guy that can do those things too. It's just San Francisco is a better team and they get more media attention. And Debo got more media attention for doing it. But CP was doing it before Debo Samuel. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a fun player. A little bit more, I think he was a little bit more linear. Um, then Debo Samuel was coming out, but I mean, I love Debo coming out of uh, South I think, Carolina. I think Debo's a better wide receiver. Yeah, I think yeah. he's just a little he's bit a more legit thousand yard wide receiver when he wants to be. That um, being said, he plays for Kyle Shanahan, uh, which is <laughs> a cheat code. Everybody gets both. It's like uh, if you play Madden, you have like a bonus raider on them. Everybody on offense gets like a plus five because Kyle Shanahan's calling the plays. <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, I, I'm a big fan of both of their games. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, this isn't a slide on Debo Samuel at all. It's just, I went, I think the Falcons played the 49ers that year. And I said, I said, you know, I, I wrote it up like the 49ers are starting to use Debo Samuel the way that the Falcons have been using Cordero Patterson, mm -hmm. which is also why I'm a big fan of that guy down at Ole Miss, Jonathan Mingo, who's built like both of them. Mm -hmm. He's about 6'2, 220, 225, great hands, wide receiver type, big running back build thick through the legs and hips that he can be a a weapon with the ball in his hands and a mismatch the same way that Debo and, and Cordero Patterson are. Just move them around and get the ball in their hands. Who cares what you call them? Just call them slash. You know, yeah. call them, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're an X factor. So, um, but Tyler, you know, I, I agree with you a little bit on this. If it's, there's basically four guys I really want at number eight for the Atlanta Falcons. And if, it's going to probably take all four quarterbacks to go one through seven for that to happen. Otherwise, it's going to be those four guys. And I'm talking uh, Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, and uh, Christian Gonzalez. For me, are the, the best four positional players in this draft, other than Bijan Robinson. Um, but again, we can get into why I'm not so high on a running back at, mm -hmm. at number eight. That... I think it hurts the Falcons. The Falcons want these quarterbacks to go. They really do. Unless um, they have a quarterback they like. <laughs> yeah, unless they want, unless they have one they covet. And they're visiting with all of them. They're bringing in Hendon Hooker. They're actually going to Tennessee to meet with Hendon Hooker mm -hmm. before the draft. So they're not taking him at eight. No. But he could be a trade up from the second or a trade back out of the first type of scenario where you pick up a Hendon Hooker. Jeremy Sean says, I get annoyed with these way too early mock drafts that come out the Monday after. Yeah, but they get red. They get red, Jeremy. Um, I think you're looking at them the wrong way, Jeremy. Uh, it is just an appetizer of here are some names that you can look out for in spring ball and the upcoming season. You're like, oh, I saw that guy in a way too early 2024 mock, and I see that, you know, uh, Tennessee is going to be on later. I'm interested in their offensive tackle. Right. Let's see what's going on there. So it's just more of a here's some names to keep an eye on. Players it's not about – it's yeah, it's not a really predictive list. And you actually, I mean, a little, some of it is predictive because you can get an idea of who some of those blue chippers are guarantee you in every single top 10 mock that is worth anything that Penn state left tackle Marvin Harrison jr. And those two quarterbacks are going to be in there. Yeah. I, um, it, it's, it's a watch list, mm -hmm. you know, but it sounds, 
putting out 2024 watch list doesn't generate near the attention of 2024 mock draft, even though it's the same thing. It's all about marketing. And I got to know my team. Who's my team going to get? Yeah. Exactly. Philip Parkinson. <laughs> and what do they guys. think about my team? Well, we're going to try and hedge by saying these are the Super Bowl odds because we don't want to say that this team's really going to suck next year and have the number yeah. one overall pick. Philip Hogginson coming in. He says, good morning, guys. Good morning to you as well. And to Raymond Collins. Got that dirty bird hat on. Says, good morning, guys. Good morning to you. And Kevin says, I want more picks versus top picks, given they're not all in the seventh round. Uh, Falcons fan coming in here. And I'm, I want more premium picks, honestly, right now. I think the Falcons are in a good enough position that they're not just trying to fill out the back end of their roster with players who have a pulse that they're looking for pieces here and there, you know, a, a left guard. They're looking for, you know, a third safety or, you know, a, a, another wide receiver. They're not looking for, well, there's only like five legitimate NFL players on this roster, which is what I said in 2021, that I'm not, I'm, I'm more, I'm to the point now where, yes, you just heard me say, I like to have more shots at it, 49 to 50. But to me, a top 50 pick is still a premium pick. Mm-hmm. And I know you said seventh round and stuff, but I don't, I'm not looking to trade. Okay. Let's, let's trade out of the second and get a fourth, fifth, sixth, and a next year third, you know, yeah. eh, maybe, but I'm assuming there's going to be some guys like that are higher. I'm, I'm actually looking for quality this go round. Top 100 picks. Yeah. Top 100 picks. I mean, that's what the Patriots built their dynasty out of on that defensive side. We got cursive Q coming in saying just a little extra guy on there, right? For the cursive Q Bijan to the Falcons, make it happen. Uh, that'd be certainly a lot of fun. I don't know if I would take him at eight, but if you trade down, you know, 14 to 18 and he's there, giddy up, you know, talk about those top 100 picks. Definitely get a lot more of those. If you uh, go get that guy, heck, maybe you start stocking some 2024 capital as well in case uh, Desmond Ritter kind of falls flat in that case. So definitely a lot of app options here for the Falcons, but Bijan would be a heck of a lot of fun. No doubt. Well, And there's for 2024, you mentioned that there's still a lot of one year deals. On this team, on this Falcons team, there's still a lot of one-year contracts. You know, we talk about the cornerback position. Casey Hayward's one-year deal. Mike Hughes is one-year deal with a club option. It's basically, it's a two-year deal, but it's got a $750,000 dead cap number next year. That's a one-year deal. The Falcons may decide to honor the second year or not. Uh, you got Jeff Okuda. He's on a one-year deal. Um, you look at the edge position. Bud Dupree comes in. Guess what? One-year deal. Calais Campbell, one-year deal. So there's still a lot of hungry guys out there. And moving back for 2024 could be could be a way to go as well. And Keith, I, Keith said, I got it right. It was a Ram. I'm like, okay, good. The, uh, the thumbnail is only literally about the size of my thumbnail. So it's tough. But, um, and it's a little tougher to see them for the profile. But I thought those headlights looked like a Ram. I, I only know a few things. Kids movies, sports, and cars. Not necessarily in that order. So. Um, Glad I got that one right. Chris Walker comes in over on Facebook. He says, morning, everyone. Looking forward to the draft. I got very lucky in one mock. I got Carter and Ade Ade with my first two picks. Only happened once in about 30 tries, but it happened. How awesome would that be? The one we ran on Monday, Carter was sitting there at number eight, and we took him. Absolutely took uh, with on our Falcons podcast. We took him at number eight, and then we got BJ Ojolari, uh with the next pick. Was that 44, I believe? With the uh, so. with the the second round pick, Ade Ade was gone. But yeah, I'd, I'd take I'd take the 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 big fast kid from uh, from Northwestern, forty four in a heartbeat, Nick. Mm. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a lot of fun inside outside. We'll see where he ends up going. Obviously, tested great, uh, was on a terrible 
Northwestern team this last year. I really don't know what's going to happen with teams like Northwestern and Stanford in the transfer portal era because it's so hard to find academically qualifiable players that could come into those kind of programs who would maybe want to come to those programs in the NIL on top of it. But uh, Adi Adi, great player there at Northwestern, uh, tested like an absolute freak, maybe a little bit of a tweener. Um, that might scare some teams off, but hopefully some smart uh, defensive coordinators can unlock him and unleash his uh, length and athleticism. Jeremy Sean coming in. If the Texans don't go quarterback, it's trust the process time 2.0, or is it get who I think is the best player in this draft? Cause I'm gonna have to get my quarterback next year. Um, Cause we're not going to be any good next year either. <laughs> that's a, that's a possibility. It's like, what, what have the Texans done to improve their roster right now? They added D'Amico Ryans. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but you know, yes, from a talent standpoint, player. you know, what have you looked at? It's like, I can look at the bears and I can tell you several moves they've done. I can look at the Falcons and tell you a handful of moves they've done when we're talking about teams at the bottom, you know, that are drafting top five or in that area. Um, I can look at the Broncos. They've got the number five. They were the, the fifth record that picks going to the Seahawks, but I, I can tell you some moves they've done, but the Texans, I don't know a lot of what they've done. We know what the Panthers, they, they were top 10, but they're, they're going after a quarterback this year. Uh, and they've made some moves in free agency, but what have the Texans really done that makes you think they want to compete for anything other than another top five pick in 2024? Uh, they're, they're too far away. Anyway, I think that I wouldn't spend to spend uh, until you're really ready to, you know, launch there. And that's still a team that's probably another draft away. Want to see what the D'Amico Ryan's regime looks like there as well. So probably another top five pick next year. They played tough last year for Lovey Smith. I think they're going to play mm -hmm. well for D'Amico as well. Um, there's some young talent on that team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But uh, they might be, you know, I we saw it a few years ago. It was the Miles Garrett draft. Uh, they ended up Cleveland ends up taking Miles Garrett instead. And then the very next year, they have the number one overall pick and ended up taking the wrong quarterback. And but, they, got, but they, they went Miles Garrett and they got that right. Yes. Yep, you know, exactly. Keep stacking good players and they'll be okay. Don't reach. If you're not comfortable at number two with a quarterback, get out of that spot. That's that's the move. If you can. No, that's, if you can. If you can, you got to find somebody that wants to come up. Do the, um, you know, do Colts. the Colts want to come up? Are they nervous that someone's going to come and jump them? Titans. And, and, and I'm going to say, Nick, Raiders. frankly, it's been a couple other AFC South teams. Mm -hmm. The Texans are ahead of them now, and the Titans could be moving up to uh, to two or three to to try and and, and get a quarterback. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of buzz for the Raiders as well. So we'll, we'll get into that here shortly. We're already 15 minutes in as I we're know. running through and saying hello to everybody. And so we'll we'll get through those through. We'll hit all on all of that shortly. Mm -hmm. uh, Kevin Matt, the real slash. Yeah, he was the original slash. Cordell Stewart, former Colorado, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. quarterback um and then and then had a variety of roles got the slash nickname with the pittsburgh steelers great player really really a great player kevin comes in it says two recent mocks have the falcons moving up these guys need to be slapped maybe maybe but kevin at the top of the show you heard me talk about four positional players that i really covet and it's gonna take it could take probably gonna take all four quarterbacks to go top seven for one of those guys to fall to the Falcons. If I could throw in a third rounder and move up and get Tyree Wilson at six, and 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 would I would it be worth it? Might be. It it might be. If or or Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, it, it might be. Now, historically, it's taken much bigger. It's been much more expensive to move up a spot or two, like multiple second rounders. It might not this year. 
So I'd be on the horn. I mean, what was the mock draft from the athletic? A 2024 to move from eight to 13? A 2024 third? Hell, I'd do that. If it's going to take a 2024 third to move up from eight to six to make sure I got one of those guys, I'd do that. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's still going to be more expensive than that, Nick. I agree, and especially because you're talking about a situation where the quarterbacks are still there. Teams are going to be asking for quarterback prices, uh, assuming you're trying to move up for a non-quarterback. And just in general, moving up in the top 10 is typically so expensive that unless it's for a quarterback, I wouldn't do it. Uh, And you mentioned... uh, there's no sure things in the draft. You know, that's, I know it's your premium or your uh, precious draft capital out there, but there's no sure things and giving up a cost controlled potential starter in a top 100 pick for, you know, let's there's, there's a, certainly a reality out there where Lucas Van Ness or Nolan Smith become the best player. Are you that much more certain that those guys will be worse than Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson to give up an additional cost controlled player that could end up being a starter that could help you free up money for other avenues. If you believe that, then God bless you. you. You can make that move. But typically teams tend to be, what's the word, overconfident in their evaluations, where in reality, it's they better. They fall in to... love with guys. It's an emotional thing. It, yeah. The draft can be so emotional that the logic and money ball aspect of it, you really need some of the analytics to to balance that out. Yeah, need some neurodivergent kind of folks there <laughs> for that kind of thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's it's always a little bit uh, skeptical. I saw we had a question from Jason Heller asking about trading up for uh, Tyree Wilson. If, if it doesn't cost you very much to go up and you absolutely adore him, that's, that's certainly a possibility. Again, just on the surface though, I typically, my gut tells me if you're trading up, it better damn well be for a quarterback because that's the only one that's really worth the dice roll um, to the cost if we're moving up. We'll see, but I, I wouldn't yeah. consider it out of the question. And frankly, the national media wants the Falcons to get another quarterback so bad. It's they killing do. them. It's just yeah. killing them that they're running with Desmond Ritter. And and I hope someone with more time than me on their hands is collecting some of these clips so they can run them back. You know, the Falcons have no, if they're not going after Lamar Jackson, they have no interest in winning. That was a big one a couple of weeks ago. They're not even trying to win. What are they? Uh, <laughs> I, I put on some of the comments in on, uh, on when, after the fact on YouTube that if it's not Lamar Jackson, it's crap is, is basically how the Falcons are being treated. Like nothing mm-hmm. else has mattered. Nothing. They've, yeah. they've got nine new upgrades. Ah, quarterback fixated. That's the word I've been to Tyrone Johnson coming in from Norfolk, Virginia and Steelers nation. Appreciate you joining us. Tyrone. Thanks for being in. Make sure you hit us up in the chat and follow us on Twitter. Connect with us there. Um, I want to hit and say good morning to Albert and uh, Albert Knopper, Smile High Dutchie. Good morning, good morning. Brandon Swank says, how sick would the Falcons defense look if we draft Jalen Carter? It could have. I just I don't think it will, but I think it could be an option. It could be an option. We'll see as we go through this. We're going to go through it here shortly. Um, Josh Allen is a goat. Well, We'll see. Let's 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 get to a Super Bowl first. Let's let's get to one first. I really like him. I think he might be my number two pick. If we were doing a draft right now of players, would you take him second? Oh man, that's a good question. You know, I'm a huge Justin Herbert fan. I know. Uh, Josh Allen's really good. I think right now you might have to take Joe Burrow. Just he's less toolsy than both those guys, but there's something about that killer instinct that Joe Burrow yeah. has. That's like. It's unquantifiable. It's almost like Brady. You know, Brady never had the strongest arm, was the best athlete, but like 
oh my gosh, like you want you want Brady on your team. So I might have to go Burrow, but uh, F, I think it's 2A, 2B, 2C with those three quarterbacks I listed there. Yeah, I uh, again, it was interesting as we didn't have to talk about who number one was. It, that, no. That's pretty much a given right now. Um, <sighs> yeah. I'm not going to say his name because it's he's he's number one. Yeah. Um, Jason asked, do you see Mike, Nolan Smith being Micah Parsons 2.0? Is, is Nolan Smith as good inside as Micah Parsons was? Because Micah Parsons was a legitimate top 15 pick as an inside linebacker, which is pretty rare. Parsons really played a chase and tackle role there at Penn State where he was more of a, a sweeper type on that defense. They didn't really ask him to uh, do too much in coverage or setting the edge or anything. So he could be. I don't think he possesses the same twitch and power i mean he has amazing twitch but like parsons doing it at like a much bigger frame i think there's just a lot more power in that frame and the explosiveness he is was 240 plus and you know six yeah. two just yeah he looked like an inside linebacker i think of nolan as being more outside guy in space yeah where micah was an inside backer with the athlete the freaky athleticism in order to be an edge rusher yeah he's a uh, Built different, without a doubt. But Nolan Smith, a great player. And we got Chris Logan coming in, a Georgia Bulldog here, back-to-back champs. Congrats to you guys. Falcons to draft Nolan Smith, stay far away from Jalen Carter. So we're coming in from a Georgia fan here with a perspective on that. I do know that uh, Nolan Smith was beloved on that team, like as a leader and a person. So maybe that's something you're looking for. Those intangibles do matter. Yeah, and it, it, again, to say that he doesn't have a dog in the fight, you know, no pun intended. You're kind of rooting for both of those guys for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the, the interviews will be big. The background checks would be big. Um, we'll, we will see, you know, and let's, let's find out. And just before we get started here, we're at 25 minutes and just, we're talking about the draft rumors and how it shakes up the top 10. One, one of those big rumors right now is just that the, the Texans, the Cardinals, they're not interested, maybe as interested in a quarterback. I just want to re- reiterate that we kind of hit it, but didn't really knock it with a hammer and say, hey, this is what we were talking about at the top of the show. That could change the the top 10 a lot. If some mm-hmm. of those position players go off, all of a sudden your picks at eight, nine, and 10 don't look as valuable if you're not looking quarterback. If you are looking at quarterback and you're sitting at number four, like the Colts, you're, yes, please. Yeah. You guys don't take, I'd love to have the second pick at quarterback. Uh, that That's great for the Colts. Not mm-hmm. so good for the teams on the backside of that who aren't looking for a quarterback. Could the Seahawks be that guy? There's a lot of mock, guys mocking mocking quarterback to the Seahawks now. They could be a, benef- uh, a beneficiary and help change their draft strategy completely, depending on what happens at two and three. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. 
yeah, it's man. Everybody had been mocking, you know, CJ Stroud, CJ Stroud, or uh, Anthony Richardson, number one overall, and then or Bryce Young going one, and then the Texans going uh, to a different quarterback. But it really does sound like Texans have only eyes for uh, Bryce Young, and it just it begs the question: like, why didn't Houston, if they were so infatuated on one quarterback, how much could it have cost to move up to number one, or? Lose that last game. God, it just pisses me off so much. Like, oh, that's a losing mentality. You know, it's a losing mentality is not getting the guy you wanted in the draft. If there's like one clear one. So yeah, I mean, shout out to Lubby Smith. Cause he found out he was going to get fired before that, even though he had that team playing pretty hard and above their talent level. In my opinion, he goes out with a, you know, middle finger um, out to Houston. So congrats to him. And uh, sorry, Houston, I guess uh, garbage in garbage out. Not loving <laughs> before, before we get started here, just a reminder, everybody that's come in, uh, we've got lots of likes, and, uh, and hopefully if you haven't subscribed already, please do subscribe to the channel. Also, uh, Super Chats and Stars on YouTube and Facebook are the most direct way to help support the show. Keep the lights on, keep my forehead nice and shiny. It looks a little dull today. I think we're low on Super chat Stars, mm -hmm. so keep them, my, my forehead's not quite as shiny as usual. I gotta, we gotta, got that thing shined up. Um, we are going to run a 31-team mock draft. we got to keep it under a minute per pick, or at least if we go two minutes in the first 10, then we got to speed through the backside of things. So make sure you're getting your, your picks in because we've got this set up like this and none of this stuff on the bottom matters because we're doing all the picking. Mm -hmm. So we're just doing one round. We've got all selected. We're using PFF. I went and looked through the, um, the ESPN. It still looks a little beta to me, but we'll, we'll I'll keep trying it, but it, it's a little beta. The uh, NFL mock draft database is just not right yet. They're like, oh, it's your pick. Here's our entire draft if you want to trade. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> like, I would do nothing but trade. So um, we're going to enter the draft, and we'll make all of these pick one at a time. Uh, Dominic has a question right here that we can answer right away. He says, if the Texans don't get Bryce Young, which team goes after him? Carolina Panthers. I think, mm -hmm. I think it's all but a done deal uh, that he is um, – he's going to the Carolina Panthers and that will probably be our pick here, Nick. Yeah. It sounds like he canceled all his visits and just all the smoke coming from Houston more than the Carolina side of things makes it seem like they are going to be going Bryce young, number one overall. And after that chaos ensues. So uh, I think for now I will have to mock Bryce young granted, you know, what was it? Uh, 2018 draft, 2019 draft where it's like, Oh yeah, for sure. It's going to be uh, Sam Darnold, number one overall. Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold to Cleveland. And then there's, there's that eye roll. And then ends up being Baker Mayfield about an hour before the draft. We find out it's actually Baker Mayfield. So things can change. Uh, but uh, we can, I think it's going to be Bryce Young. And we got Jason coming in saying, how come no one ever brings up Notre Dame edge rusher Isaiah Foskey? A uh, solid player. Uh, had a lot of stats there at Notre Dame. I don't think he has the best tools ever. I think he's a pretty stiff player. Scott got a chance to see him down there at Senior Bowl. He I think struggled he's... mightily at Senior Bowl. Yeah, he was he was pretty much a non-factor and he ended up on the wrong side of a lot of highlights, meaning mm -hmm. he was the one getting beat. So I when I look when I'm going through these, I don't really consider him when where he's ranked on on these things. I like other teams, other players better. So I'm thinking maybe third, fourth, fifth, somewhere in there. I'd say mid third is the earliest he can come off the yeah. board, in my opinion. He had a lot of stats. Um, he plays 
he's a hustle player and those hustle plays do end up getting sacks in the NFL too. You know, being somebody who doesn't quit with a high, uh, high energy does matter, but we're drafting for traits and who we think guys can be once again, the NFL with coaching. So I think he, especially in a class with a lot of different edge names, a little bit better depth than last season. Uh, so I think probably mid third is the earliest to see him come off the board. All right. Well, first we're going Bryce young here. He's canceled the rest of his visits. He's uh, he's, he's done. Mm-hmm. I, it, I'll be a little surprised if he doesn't go to Carolina at this point. So we're yeah. sending him to Carolina Panthers. And frankly, yeah. that's probably the pick I would make too. This is our mock draft also, not just what we think is going to happen. This is what we would do in this in this point. Good to know. <laughs> I would go I would go him or or Stroud and I'd probably lead towards Bryce Young, but it'd be close. I still think I'd be considering Richardson, but it's just because I missed so hard on Josh Allen that it's going to take me a while to uh, get on that. And I know that you, you know, there are some scary things about him, but if you trust the intelligence and the work ethic, uh, I wouldn't be shocked on that. And then another one that kind of comes to that where we kind of have a lesson learned on that one. Somebody who had some pretty not great passing stats, but extremely smart and extremely hard worker, Jalen Hurts, not great. His uh, passing stats weren't bad, especially compared to... His weren't bad. He was still a 66-67% completion rate. Okay, it's college. That's fine. Anthony Richardson's was 53, man. I, I haven't run into... I've got a lot of friends in the SEC, obviously. I haven't watched as much college football as I used to. I haven't heard one good thing for my friends that watch college football habitually that says, oh yeah, I can see why he's... It's like, what are what what are they doing? Why would they even consider it? Like, well, this is why they're considering it. He's so risky. Richardson risky. is so risky. But he has such a high floor because of the athleticism <laughs> at the same time. And I, again, if if I believe in the person mm-hmm. and I believe in the intelligence, that's the one just based on my philosophical beliefs in drafting a quarterback. That's one that you roll the dice on because I what's the best case scenario with him? I, the biggest thing for me is the limited amount of starts. I really was pulling for him to come back. Next season, what does he have? Like worst case seven? scenarios, you get Kyle Pitts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you turn or, or him an into a receiver. I mean, God. Yeah, he's and uh, Kevin Mapp, not a big fan of him. Richardson is fool's gold. Again, if he, the traits are obvious, if he's intelligent and a crazy hard worker, then I bet on the traits. And the other thing is coming back to you know Richardson real quick. We don't have time to you know harp on every single pick like this, but I think uh, Florida's offense was pretty damn anemic, specifically the receivers. I mean. I don't know how many times I saw them running guys running the same route in the same area, you know, obviously mistakes there. And he's like having to like try to figure out what he's doing. And I think it was the Tennessee game on the road. He's out there on an uh, environment making line checks. I mean, I think there's a lot there yeah. that for a first year starter, really I'm, I'm intrigued, uh, but it's, it's a year early for him coming out uh, that I would yeah, love to see him come back. If, if he's going to go top 10, come on out. You're going to make a ton of money. You're going to make a ton of guaranteed yeah. money. If he was, you know, we had talked about him as, Oh yeah, he's a second round guy or something. Then he should have stayed in at Florida. He can make more money with NIL and, and get that year and then come back as a top. He may go top five. Anyway, speaking oh, yeah. of which Houston's on the clock. These are the one, this is the one making the most noise that, Hey, we, we might not necessarily take a quarterback at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you believe them? I do believe them. I think they have eyes for Bryce Young. And I also think that uh, Alabama D'Amico Ryan's connection is very real as well. So sounds like, and again, we can be proven wrong here very shortly, but it sounds like it's Bryce Young trade back. Will Anderson uh, would be well, the we're not going to trade. So options. do you want to take Will Anderson at this point? I think it is. I think in the reality, somebody does trade up to this pick, but uh, for now let's put in Will Anderson here and uh, let's uh, keep it rolling. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the Alabama connection, we'll see how important that actually is. What What's more important is you could get your decade edge rusher. You know, your, your 10, you can get 100 sacks possibly out of Will Anderson. That's the important thing. D'Amico Ryans is a defensive guy. You've got a chance at a better quarterback next year. Yeah. Possibly, you know, you're not you're not setting up the draft for the 2024 draft. You're you're trying to get the best players you can. But if you can get a, a again, you can get a, a hundred sack guy in Will Anderson over the course of the next eight years. You take him. You're, you're happy with that. And again, we talked about at the beginning of the show how much has Houston really done to improve over what got them the number two pick anyway? They haven't done a whole lot with their roster yet. Mm-hmm. Rebuild starts now. Um, and it could, it could, it could, they could get their quarterback next year. Cardinals on the clock. We don't think they're taking quarterback. So, you know, Indianapolis is sitting there saying, Oh man, good, good. Uh, what are the Cardinals going to do here? Yeah, this is a tough one for me. Uh, obviously they still have Kyle Murray, but he might miss the entire next season. I just, I think the Cardinals can't be sitting here and taking the pick uh, for how it stands right now with this board, though, I think you have to give them a uh, Tyree Wilson. Uh, they need an, they need a lot of help on that defense. I mean, you look at that uh, defense for the Cardinals right now, it looks like a replacement, the replacements out there. I mean, Buda Baker might be gone as well. So I'm leaning Tyree Wilson. Jalen Carter would be interesting as well, but I think there's too much risk uh, with all the stuff with Carter right now. Tyree Wilson stands out for me. Yeah, I agree. Um, he's the one that, he's the best highest ceiling edge. You know, the questions about Will Anderson are his size. You know, we're talking about his, his ceiling would be a guy like Von Miller um, where, you know, Tyrese is he's, which would be great. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but the odds of those guys turning into Von Miller, are not great, yeah. but you've got somebody with uh, just a lot more size here uh, length. He's got like a seven, two wingspan or something crazy. Tyree Wilson's a little bit more toolsy, maybe not quite the production. We'll see what what that matters, but I agree on Tyree Wilson here at number three for the Cardinals. Uh, I want to hit a couple of questions here, and Keith said, what happened to one minute? I said, yeah, we'll go through quickly as we get through the top ten where we spend probably a little bit more time. Leon Mapstone asks, will the Falcons take a look at Will Levis? They have. They brought him in on one of their 30 visits. So they have, they've brought in uh, Anthony Richardson as well. And they're also meeting with Hendon Hooker. Um, let me see here. Uh, okay. The Colts are now on. They got, they didn't get Bryce, but now they got their pick of the next three. Which direction are they going? Gosh, there's been some Will Levis smoke here with the Colts for a bit, but I think that maybe it was more when the other quarterbacks weren't here. We, you said earlier that it's what we would do. If you want to push me on CJ Stroud here, that's fine. Again, I am just so enticed by the tools of Anthony Richardson that I wouldn't mind that. But I think I have a team pegged a little bit further down for Anthony Richardson. So I think CJ Stroud here makes some sense. I, I like CJ Stroud here. I've got Anthony Richardson would be okay. They got Gardner Minshew for a year if you needed someone to come in. And, and you know, Anthony Richardson would benefit in being in a place that he doesn't have to start. There's not going to be a ton of pressure on him to start right away. You can find packages for him with an athlete like that. You can find packages where he can come in and run short yardage, do some different things. The question I have with Anthony Richardson, Nick, is Chris Ballard's on the hot seat. General Hmm. manager Chris Ballard is on the hot seat. I don't know if he can afford, and he might not come out and say it, but he might push towards a guy that can help them win right away because I can't afford to not have my top five pick playing and helping us win games because if we go 
four and 13 again, you know, they were, they tied one, but if, if we win four games or five games again next year, I'm not going to be here. Yeah. So, and the real wild card here right now. And we had a news. I sent it to you on Twitter a little bit ago, but Ian Rappaport said the uh, San Francisco 49ers are taking calls. They're not making calls, but they're taking calls on Trey Lance. Right. And that could throw a real wrench in a lot. I mean, we're talking about the Falcons with quarterbacks. I'm pretty sure the Falcons liked Trey Lance a good bit. I know the Colts like Trey Lance a lot. So we'll see what happens uh, with that. But I think for now we can go uh, CJ Stroud and be okay with it. And uh, yeah, let's see what Jim, Jim Ursay might, you know, trip over himself here for somebody. You never know. Jim Ursay is the tweet now. He's crazy. You know what? He actually, he's pretty, I just talked about, he's pretty loyal with his employees though. Maybe not the players. Yeah. You get might get impatient with the players, but they do a good job of taking care of their free agents in-house that they want mm -hmm. to resign. And if anything, some of their guys have maybe gotten a year too long. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, you know, Ursay isn't necessarily all there, but if anything, he may have waited a, a little bit too long. Appreciate you being here, Ryan. I like CJ Stroud here. I really do. I think that's a huge building block for them. Seattle Seahawks now have a choice to make. Uh, it's essentially a one-year deal on, on Geno Smith. I don't plan on having a top five pick again because we've got a chance to make a run for the playoffs in 2023. And I've already bled the Denver Broncos dry. Not yet. We got a second round pick coming too. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm yeah. not going to get back up into the top five again uh, with a uh, with with a trade. Can I get my quarterback of the future or do I get a guy that's going to help me win now because I'm a 70 plus year old head coach with a quarterback on a one year deal and, and I want to go for this thing. I think they want to go for it. And their run defense last year was absolutely freaking dreadful. Uh, their defensive tackle room is not great. So I think this is a Jalen Carter spot for now. Uh, again, he's probably one of the most interesting players in the entire draft. Could he fall outside of the top 10? Probably not, but maybe the back half of the top 10 versus the no doubt top three pick he is on tape. So uh, I'm going to go Jalen Carter here for now, but this is one that I'm not willing to put my name and pen next to on this one, especially given we don't know what's going to happen with picks two and three. I think the Seahawks really hope uh, that Tyree Wilson is going to be there. That's the name that I've heard a lot of smoke with for that team. It will be interesting also to see maybe somebody like a Christian Gonzalez would be interesting, interesting there. There's also been some hype over the last, you know, 48 hours. Scott, I don't know if you've seen this as well, but some teams might have Deontay Banks as their number one cornerback um, from Maryland as well, who could uh, hop up there. So it'd be interesting to follow this, but uh, we have the, the Lions now on the clock here. This is going to be Christian Gonzalez for me. This is a team that's been linked with Christian Gonzalez now since the combine. Uh, they traded away Jeff Akuda. They have two first round picks. And I think that Gonzalez is one that makes a heck of a lot of sense here. I agree. Um, I think that one, the only, the three players that they would take instead are all gone. You know, it, you got Carter, you got Wilson, you got Anderson. Instead, I got a, I got a hole. The best drafts are ones are when you can get the best player, best prospect available, which in this case might be Christian Gonzalez. This is a quarterback spot too, though. Uh, Jared Goff is not a long-term answer. You got the crazy good offensive line there. Uh, you have a really good offensive coordinator right now. So this is a, this is a quarterback spot too. I would not be shocked at all if the Lions are one of the teams calling about potentially moving up. So we, I think we have to at least consider that, but for now, I think Christian Gonzalez is the way to go. Yeah, Christian Gonzalez makes a lot of sense for me. That's that puts the Raiders up at seven. They don't have a long term answer at quarterback. Nope. And they've been linked to Anthony Richardson 
a lot. I think CJ Stroud stylistically makes the most sense for what I see that team wanting, but there's a lot of smoke with Anthony Richardson. Maybe, you know, Mark Davis overrules Josh McDaniels or anything like that. Uh, so I'm going to go Richardson here. Uh, I would go Richardson here for them. And you got, you've got Garoppolo there now, right? Yes. Yeah. So you've got the perfect scenario where you don't need him to play for a year. If Josh McDaniels hasn't been fired yet. He's probably not, <laughs> he might not be a year away just yet. So you might have some time to build on that. And again, you can find ways to use an athlete like Anthony Richardson in short yardage packages and some wildcat stuff and some, some RPOs that you can install some things to get some use out of him and get his feet wet and get him some experience before he takes over full time. The Atlanta Falcons did that with Michael Vick when they still had Chris Chandler before he took over full time. And I see a team that would, that doesn't have to have a starting quarterback would be the best place for Anthony Richardson. I, I agree with you. I think this would be a pretty good fit. Yeah. He'd be a lot of really interesting. I, my favorite fit for Anthony Richardson is still the, the Colts. I think because Shane Steichen, what he did with Jalen hurts uh, would be very fun there, but uh, somebody's going to take Anthony Richardson in the top 10. Let's see if he's full gold, fool's gold, like Kevin Mapp says, but uh, somebody that I am hoping stays out of the AFC because I'm tired of fun, young quarterbacks in the AFC. When, when you started talking about the person and the, all these type of things and the production, see that the difference was well, this was the production, but I lost a steak dinner because of Josh McDaniels making Tim Tebow a first round draft pick. Yeah. Anthony Richardson is all of the descriptions you used as far as, okay, yes, but fit with Tim Tebow also. You know, he's got the, yeah, but he, he doesn't really have an NFL release and delivery and he takes too long to get the ball out. Yeah, but he's got all these other things. Richardson does. Richardson's Richardson got has that, but motion. his production is, yeah. isn't nearly what Tim Tebow's was. Tim Tebow, yes. I can make a really strong argument for Tim Tebow being the best college football player of all time. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. Anthony Richardson wasn't even a good player at Florida last year. That's concerning. He did have some games where he was he had God. flashes, but overall, yeah. you know, if I'm stacking up and saying I need my quarterbacks and I'm going to rank them as far as I, I need my all SEC quarterbacks, where's Richardson coming in there? Second. Or all American. It's going to be pretty low with a 53%, you know, Man. completion rate and stuff. So it this is this is Anthony Richardson and Jalen Carter are the biggest high risk, high reward players in this draft. Physically speaking, they might be the two most gifted players in the draft. Mm -hmm. And you've got some questions about the motivation and off the field concerns with Jalen Carter. Is he going to put it together every down like you have to in the NFL? You're going to get your ass kicked. Yeah. Even as big and strong as he is. And Richardson is just the production, just hasn't been there. Can, you know, to, to quote Billy Bean, if he's a good hitter, why doesn't he hit good? Yeah. Just you know, coming and, back on. And there's something to that. There's there's answers for that. Yeah. But it's concerning. And for me, and it's easy for me to say with my, you know, cushy butt sitting on this chair under a blanket in my basement saying, oh, you know, swing big. But I I'll, I view the quarterback position as a home run derby. If you're not swinging for the fences, don't swing. Uh, so that's kind of why I come back to Richardson. But again, easy for me. My job is not on the line for that. All right. miss. <laughs> Atlanta Falcons. This is a scenario. And I ran into this on a mock draft I did the other day with a publisher mock draft where the, the four guys I really wanted as far as position players are all gone. I don't want Will Levis any more than, uh, than, than Desmond Ritter, let alone using a, a top 10 pick to do it. The safest pick also fits a huge need, which would be Peter Skaronsky. 
right here Here's- for the Falcons, but left guard. They've got the, if they've got a hole in the offensive line right now, it's at left guard. He gives you some competition at center if Jalen Mayfield gets his act together. Uh, he can push the center position of Drew Dalman. And Jake Matthews is getting older. It gives you some roster flexibility there. I think Jake Matthews is, is going to hold that position down for a couple of years. But if I could get two all-pro type of guards along with Jake Matthews and Caleb McGarry at tackle, turn a strength into a superpower, um, then I, I like I like Skronsky here. Skronsky makes a lot of sense. Over the last week, there has been a growing sentiment or buzz uh, that Nolan Smith mm-hmm. might be an option here. I just keep seeing his name linked with the Falcons. I'm not sure if there's some connection there. I mean, people who are very connected to the league keep uh, linking those two together. I know that the mock draft simulator would kill you for that because he's further down. Uh, but uh, that's one that I think you have to put some, at least some thought into uh, here as well. I, w- I agree with you that Skaronsky is the guy, the direction I would go, but there's a lot of Nolan Smith uh, connecting to Atlanta at eight right now. I, you know me, if I have a strong opinion about something, I won't hold back. And I was, I had a very strong opinion about the Falcons last two first round picks at the time. I'm, I'm, I'm much more wishy-washy this year. Honestly, if you want to say Bijan Robinson, I can, it's me in a debate here. I could make a debate. I could take the four for 15 different guys mm-hmm. right here. It, it, the Falcons have a positional need across the board. They're in a position now where you're not going to waste the picks where listen, I don't want to take a receiver because the offensive line sucks and the quarterback is in flux. Okay. Well, no, the, the offensive line is really good. And the quarterback is a question mark, but you know, no more so than last year. So I could take receiver. I could take offensive line. I could make it an argument for Bijan Robinson, the running back. I could make an argument for the right wide receiver, cornerback, edge, defensive line, any of those positions, as long as you get the right guy fits. Right now, I think Peter Skronsky's the right guy. Yeah. Based I like on ben. what has happened. It screams trade down for me, is what it screams. Yeah, I and that's the exactly the point I was gonna make. He said I can make a case for 14 guys, then move down. Then get and out, what, then move yep. down. And, and yeah, it, that, like I said, that it screams trade down for me with those guys gone. Now that being said, let's say you have five guys that you like all the same. Would you be willing to take less to move down, or would you rather just I'm not getting what normal value is uh so i won't move down that's one of those things where you would take at least a third this year maybe a second next year if you want to get me to move down and then throw in a sweetener like a fifth rounder or something okay but you know it wouldn't take next year's first it wouldn't take justin field's money you know which is what the what the giants had to do uh what the giants got when they got it from the bears that took a first a first rounder and then some yeah just curious because I know that you killed that uh, athletic article where they that said that was a third for 2024 to move down five spots and not guarantee who you're going to get. It it's a year by year basis. Uh, yeah. I agree with you that that third is not enough. But let's say you were getting a f- fifth this year and a third next year. That's another top 100 pick, and you just made the case that you have all those guys that you like. If you rank them all the same, that you're still getting plus value, even if the trade uh, chart isn't uh, going to give you the win on that. So. I don't know. It's something that I would I would at least consider um, if I was sitting there with the board the way it is right now. I Unless do like Skronsky and Robinson as players better than the others. We're just talking about plugging them in as a guard and a running back. So you're talking yeah. positional value there as opposed to who the players are themselves. They've already said they don't care about positional value when they made Kyle Pitts the highest drafted tight end of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got about 15 minutes or so and we are nine picks in. So now we got to start firing. Chicago Bears, number nine. 
I think we should go Lucas Van Ness here. They have, uh, I can't even remember who their head coach is. Eberflus, um, he loves those pocket crunching length edges. Their defense last year, we talked at, I misspoke yesterday, Scott. We talked about the Lions having the, by far the worst defense in the NFL. They were 31st. Actually, number 32 was by a wide margin, and it was the Chicago Bears. I know they need to help out uh, Justin Fields, but they already started to, you know, with uh, DJ Moore uh, bringing in some guys. You have a chance for offensive line a little bit later as well. So uh, Lucas Van Ness, I think, is the pick here uh, for the uh, Chicago Bears. Yeah, and Jason's talking about, like, Skaronski on the best O-line, but I really want a defensive player in the first round. And, and if you did, you could go Witherspoon at corner. You can go Nolan Smith at edge. Those are two to look at. Uh, high upside type of guy, again, Lucas Van Ness at this spot. So, like I said, there's lots of guys here. The Falcons have poured so many resources into the defensive side of the ball of free agency. They don't just have to look at the draft for a change. Mm-hmm. And John Pope hates the Skaronsky pick. He says they're quality available linemen in the second. There's quality edge rushers and cornerbacks in the second as well. Uh, yeah, I think I don't, you, once I don't you missed out on those. And like I said, I can make an argument. I can take the four on a lot of these guys. And if you're getting the best offensive lineman in the draft and plugging it into a need, if I told you, yeah, you can get quality guys or I can get an immediate starter or you got a guy who's going to come in who might beat out Jalen Mayfield. You know what? That, that Skronsky pick sounds pretty good. And plus, again, he could be a tackle. It, it's not about it, – it fits an immediate need, but it also could take care of your left tackle for the next 10 years too because Jake Matthews is getting 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 up there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. number 10, Eagles on the clock. A luxury pick here, but you say they won't do it. I can't imagine John Robinson, you know, it'd be the ultimate luxury picks. Are you one player away from the Super Bowl? Maybe, maybe Howie Roseman might jump off Lincoln or whatever that building (laughs) is. If they do something like that, I just, I cannot see it. I think they're going to stack up value on this one. And they're just going to go with a, somebody who makes some sense there from a value perspective. Uh, somebody who's interesting here that we haven't talked about so much is Kalija Kansi, uh, top 10 overall. That's maybe seems like a luxury pick, but that's a team that has loved that three technique for a number of years. Uh, I think though, for now, I'm going to have to go with edge rusher on that. And uh, I think Nolan Smith uh, off the board here, in my opinion, I think they would have loved Lucas Van Ness, uh, but alas uh, goes off the board here. Also, I think they would have loved Peter Skaronsky, uh, but gone. So what can you do? Um, we're talking Tennessee Titans. They've talked about moving up for a quarterback. They're going to take Will Levis in the spot now, now that he's still here. I think the Titans. I yeah, let's have him go. Will, Will Levis. I was debating. I mean, they could go, they need help at wide receiver. They need help at cornerback. They really need help on offensive line as well. Their offensive line has just fallen off completely. Uh, but uh, they need to reset that roster with a rookie quarterback. There's some Ryan Tannehill maybe last year kind of stuff going on there. So Will Levis, I think the Texans are pretty bummed about that pick. That just happened as The well. Texans might throw a third rounder to move up a spot to switch yeah. out with the Eagles at 10 in order to, to get their quarterback then. Yeah, absolutely. And then you got uh, Greg. Go. There's Greg coming in. Greg is a, uh, is a Titans guy. He's in Nashville. Appreciate you coming in, Greg. He says absolutely not on Levis. So he's saying that the Titans would not – take will levis all right well let us know who you think i can't change it out now but uh greg is a, is a tennessee titans expert and he would have a, a much better pulse finger on the pulse of uh of what they might do and and is and, and as chris says you know is malik willis a bust malik willis was a better passer smaller version of anthony richardson richardson was asked to do a lot more mentally um, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, you know, yeah. 
Malik Willis had trouble hitting the open receiver with accuracy and was a better runner than passer. Yeah. So, um, we'll get back to, uh, we're going to get back to Greg. Greg's going to let us know who, who would take Houston Texans here. Uh, we're looking for best players. There's any which way they could go. What do you think here? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. I think that this is a team that could use uh, wide receiver help uh, for no matter which direction they go. I'm going to go Jackson Smith and Jigba here. Uh, I know that Houston has been linked with Will Levis. I think also for the Titans, if they didn't go Will Levis there, I would have gone with uh, Paris Johnson Jr. Because again, the offensive line needs a lot of help there. And that's who I'm going to go with now uh, for the uh, the New York Jets. They really need some offensive line help. Paris Johnson Jr. makes a heck of a lot of sense. Which brings us to the Patriots. Patriots always seem to get those defensive guys too. You know, that's... Who's, who's the most, the biggest, most athletic guy still on the board? And Greg says... All indications right now are either O-line or wide receiver for the Titans. Not a good wide receiver draft at the top. Yeah. I know we just went one as well, but uh, especially for what they've ran there, do you want that slot-specific kind of player, which is where Traylon Burks is honestly the best too as a kind of guy. I don't know if that's Jackson Smith makes sense there. So offensive line is what you're saying here. Maybe it is a Broderick Jones. Maybe it's a Paris Johnson Jr. So appreciate you coming in, Greg, and, and weighing in for us here. Um let me see here. We're on uh, we're on the Patriots again. Uh, Devin Weatherspoon fits uh, is very similar to how they like to play. Very physical type of corner. Yep. Um, yep. Quarterback tackle edge. I'm, I would go with this but I'm a big fan of Weatherspoon. Yep, I think that's the way to go. They need some help uh, out there on the boundary. They've turned up through a number of cornerbacks out there. They love to use. Patriots like to bracket opposing teams number one and then ISO teams number two. And I think you put Devin Witherspoon ISO against teams number two. He can play that all day uh, off coverage, even some press stuff. I think he'd be a good pick. Deontay Banks is still there. I think that he's an, one that we at least have to uh, consider um, as well because his name is pretty buzzy uh, right mm-hmm. now. But uh, I think we'll we'll stay with a little bit more chalk with uh, Witherspoon. The Packers, according to PFF, have needs everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Need a little bit of everything. Um, it, is there, are we allowed to talk anything other than Aaron Rodgers and the Jets? I mean, we we can, right? It's not against some sort of rule. No, I'm just teasing. So. Uh, the Packers, be interesting if they took wide receiver here the year after, you know, Rodgers is gone. It seems like their draft strategy in the past has been, okay, Aaron Rodgers will take care of the offense. We need to get defensive players. But um, where do they go here? It says, you know, they've got needs all over the place. Uh, this is a team that could go any which direction. One of the ones who's been kind of buzzy for them has been uh, Dalton Kincaid, a uh, wide receiver from uh, the uh, Utah. I mean, he's a really fun player, kind of 
he's much more of a flex tight end. Uh, but uh, I think Kincaid makes some sense here. Or the Packers could do what they've continued to do recently and just draft value positions. I don't know if they're going to go Quentin Johnson. He just kind of seems a little bit uh, gadgety. Might just give me one second. The Packers, I'm going to pull up their depth chart uh, just because I'm curious about the setup of their offensive line because maybe this is where the uh, you start to see some Darnell Wright slash uh, Broderick Jones talk as well. I know that. I uh, say it might make a little sense here too for the Packers. Uh, and, they, you know, they like those big linemen inside as well. They do like their linemen inside. I mean, Zach Tom is their right tackle. He has, I think he's more of a guard or not a great option. David Bakatiari is getting old and expensive. Maybe we should just go with the value pick in here and take Broderick Jones, um, somebody that can really add to that line. Uh, probably the highest upside offensive lineman in the entire class, a really good run blocker. Packers just love the draft value positions, whether it be cornerback, edge rusher, offensive line, and Bakatiari has missed so many games over the last three or four years. I think that's this is a long-term pick for them. Washington Commanders on the clock. It says quarterback, guard, center, linebacker, but I don't know that there's a guard you're going to take or a center you're going to take this high. Um, you know, if you if you wanted to, you might want to trade down some. There's plenty of guys you can get 25 to 35. Um, probably not a quarterback in there, and you're probably not taking a linebacker in here. So you're looking for best value. Is Quentin Johnson that guy at wide receiver? Are they okay there? I mean... You can go corner. I mean, Banks. You were talking speed at corner. You know, I grew up with Daryl Green. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. Deontay Banks there would would make some sense as well. I'm going Deontay Banks here. Okay. I think this is where this, the the uh, the slide stops here for me on Banks. He's a good player and uh, somebody that I would be. I think would be a good fit for them. Well, Quentin Johnson and George Pickens would be kind of fun as your basketball players out there as well at wide receiver for uh, yeah. for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but. Um, the local kid that usually doesn't matter when mm -hmm. you're drafting, but you know, Kalaja Kansi's right there at Pitt. Um, again, I, I'm always a big fan of the the safe. I need an option. I need a third and eight. And I need to find a guy I can move the sticks. I like those big receivers like Dalton Kincaid, uh, Brian Branch at safety. I don't know how well they're set at safety, but he he seems to me him and Joey Porter. All these guys seem like um, Steelers types to me. I'm between Joey Porter and Donald Darnell Wright. And I think there's been some connection between Donald Wright and the Steelers, this team that's looking to run the ball. He just feels like a, you know, tough nosed guy. I know they played, they paid Chuck Wuma Cora for decent money last season, but he didn't play the best. And he has some left tackle ability there as well. So I think the offensive tackle line run is happening here and we go Darnell Wright. All right. That brings us to uh, the Detroit lions. Um, Detroit PFF says wide receiver, tight end DL. Uh, I felt like their offense was okay last year that I would want to start looking on. And, and they went defense. This is, their, this is their second pick. They went defense. What if we fortified the front of this thing and started looking at um, big guys in the trenches? I think this is Miles Murphy uh, for me in this one for now. He's not been supposed to be an athletic freak, has had some injury stuff, but I think there's a drop off after him here. Um, so he's the next guy who makes some sense for me. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I've seen, you know, a call for uh, for Hendon Hooker. Boy, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? I mean, their number one starter right now is uh, Kyle Trask, uh, or ba it's Baker Mayfield, probably, right? Oh because, yeah, I'm Baker Mayfield. Yeah, that's a team that needs some help. Um, that no doubt, this is a sneaky team that could be picking pretty darn high next season. They just need help uh, wherever they can get it in the post Tom Brady era. I'm curious to see if the uh, current coaching staff is here next season. God, they had all those huge receivers for so long. They still have uh, Mike Evans. Maybe Quentin Johnson makes some sense here. I'm leaning defensive front also. I mean, they did draft Joe Tryon. 
a few years ago. Let me scroll down a little bit. Say and they need offensive tackle help on the opposite side of the line too. Uh, God, I'm, you know how offensive tackle obsessed we are. Um, Anton Harrison would be a that's interesting pick here. Where are you leaning right now? I'm looking for best prospect available here, and I know this that they. The, I'm used to seeing the the uh, the Buccaneers with those giant wide receivers out there. They they swung on Russell Gage last year, gave him big money. They've already chopped him down a little bit. I still think wide receiver is a sneaky need for this team, even if they don't quite have their quarterback yet. But is Quentin Johnson the right guy? Uh, if not, I like a receiver here. It could be it could be Dalton Kincaid then, who, who I'm talking about as a pass catcher. He's a a he's a pass receiver if he's not a wide receiver. Yeah, that makes some sense. Uh, Tampa Bay's, they have Todd Bowles, right? As their head coach. Mm-hmm. I'm curious That's about, they are very uh, blitz heavy on that team too. I am curious about Kalijah Cansey coming in there. Right now, their defensive tackles that they have as their starter are nose tackle Greg Gaines and nose tackle Vita Vea. Vita Vea. Uh, they, do not, they don't have an interior pass rusher. And he can uh, move. Right. Yeah, and he's, I mean, he's, if you're looking now, for a one gap, you, you, you don't ever break my heart when you go 300 pounders that can move. That's for sure. Yeah. So I'm, I'm leaning Kalasia Cansey here, especially with how much Todd Bowles likes to blitz. Um, it's not that, you know, two gapping kind of stuff. Defensive side of the ball again for, uh, you know, I, I, they, they, they hit, they struck gold last year. The Seahawks struck gold last year with Tariq Woolen. Um, Joey Porter's right there if they're looking that direction. Um, we talked about Brian Brisset on the inside. They, they let go of Shelby Harris. They did bring in, um, Draymond Jones, but they could use some more size inside as well. Yeah. Off the cuff. Or if they're looking at at guard, Osiris Torrance is still available here. Off the cuff. Uh, my take on this one would be, this is a great spot for, uh, Quentin Johnson as well because you have dk metcalf as your pure vertical x quentin johnson and to run more of those crossers out there as a big bodied z uh and then you also have joey porter this is a team that and still it, likes it gives to you that. the option if quentin johnson has a good season to to not have to cave into the demands of dk who's you know had some chatter here the yep. past 12 months or so about contracts so uh, a good you know me I, I like the big receivers yep quentin johnson, quentin johnson works for me that looks like to be good value uh, the Chargers. I always think of the Chargers as needing defense. I don't know if that's still the case. I grew up with Air Coriel. <laughs> so it's always defense needs for me with the Chargers. But that's just a, that's just a bias for me being a kid. I think we lean into the uh, – this is the slide has to stop here um, for me with uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. I think we're going to go B. John Robinson. Here. I was going to say, you know, is, is Austin Eckles – did they Eckler. make a move there in this offseason? But Bijan. Bijan is starting is it's getting to the point now. It's like, okay, this is getting silly. This guy's got to go. And this is a team that needs to maximize. Uh, you have Brandon Staley, who is very close to being in some serious trouble. You have a, uh, who's the new offensive coordinator there. Um, Kellen Moore did a lot with running backs uh, with Dallas for the last few seasons. And you have to maximize Justin Herbert's uh, rookie contract. So I think this is one that uh, I lean into here with the, the, uh, the Chargers, I would hate it because they'd be really formidable with him in the backfield, but I, I love that fit. The Ravens are on the clock, and I say the Ravens every year take the guy who slides a little bit for one reason or another and has the most physically gifted defensive player out there. I couldn't find him until I got to 41. I don't think it's Adeyade here. This is the team that they've been doing a lot of work at one specific position, and that is cornerback. And you talked about a guy sliding 
the physicality, I think Joey Porter makes okay. a lot That of was sense my there. first choice. I'm like, okay, who's the freak out there? Well, Ade Ade is a six foot one and change, 285 pound, four, four, nine guy. That's the kind that ends up on the Ravens defense. So maybe they trade up and end up getting him in the second. <laughs> yeah. They, I just know they're desperate at cornerback. And we'll be pretty happy with Joey Porter Jr. then. Yeah. Like right now, their starting quarterback, starting cornerbacks are Brandon Stevens, uh, Demarion Williams out there, Jalen Armar Davis is a boundary, Daryl Worley. I mean, they need they need help at cornerback. They got Marlon Humphrey still, but he's been he's been hurt. And, uh, and you, uh, Brian Swank mentions Brian Branch here. You know what Brian Branch's best spot on the field is? Slot. slot uh, you know who the Ravens took number one overall or number fourteen overall last Kyle season? Hamilton. Who, which position was he the best at last season? And he ended up the number one ranked safety in the NFL last year. Um, As a slot, mostly. Played yeah. big slot a lot. So I don't know if there's a fit there for him. They need help on boundary corner. Uh, Minnesota Vikings say wide receiver DL. Um, I know Garrett Addison is still out there. Or Jordan Addison still out there. And then uh, I, I'm still thinking that someone's going to take a shot on Brisset in this spot. Brisset is a great pick here. I think this yep. is one okay. that makes some sense. Yep. Seems to fit for me. That puts the Jags on the clock. The Jags are still in, in the process of building. Uh, it says interior lineman edge DB. Osiris Torres is the number one ranked guard. He makes some sense. I will say that that uh, I think it was Jordan Reed uh, talking on a lot on ESPN yesterday, mentioning that the ja a lot of not the Jags, but a lot of teams like Steve Avila as much as they like Osiris Torrance. So okay. maybe that's somebody I like Steve Avila for sure. I think he's a better pass protector where Torrance is a much better uh, gap scheme kind of guy. Uh, Jacksonville could use cornerback. They could use the offensive tackle. They lost Jawan James as well. Uh, maybe this is a spot where you're talking Antoine, uh, Anton Harrison as well. He's a, uh, I think he's one of the youngest players in the draft. Uh, maybe not there just quite yet though. So I think let's go with Cyrus Torrance. I, I would totally get it uh, here for them, especially for a team that wants to be a power uh, bully ball kind of team out there. Uh, Dewan Jones would be interesting as well in that spot, but uh, let's go there for now. Giants wide receiver center. Uh, you've got your choice of centers. If you need a center, you got a plug and play right here. There's a couple of them. You could go Tittman. You could go John Michael Schmitz at 25. I think they're both pretty good value to get a, like I said, a plug and play guy. I'm leaning Brian Branch here. I think this, okay. this slide happens uh, stops here. He was one of the better uh, tacklers as a defensive back. We've seen in the last few seasons and I think the value makes uh, sense at this spot for 25. Didn't test great, but he's an inside player. It's about yeah, the it, it does say safety on there. And again, the, the, the Giants are in the process of, they've kind of emerged from their low points. Now it's like, get the best players we can. And Brian Branch is a really good player. And, and if he was at a different position at that level of talent, he would have gone higher. He's just safety. Well, you can do worse than, uh, than him there for sure. Dalton Kikade still sitting there. Mm-hmm. For, yeah, I uh, think, for Jerry Jones. I think it would, this is a good spot for Dalton Kincaid uh, for this team. They need tight end help. They lost, um, gosh, Dalton Schultz. Uh, Sh yeah, Schultz, not Schmitz. In free agency, their number one tight end right now is Jake Ferguson, who's fine number two. But after that, it's not a lot of talent on that uh, team pretty, at tight end. Good history of tight ends with that team in Dallas, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's Buffalo a... Buffalo uh, Bills. They're one player away, possibly. You know, when we're talking about, we're not looking for building for the future. We're looking, you know, who can come in and help us the most right now? And I think Bills, I still think, did they sign a, a big time running back? Why do I still think running back with them? I I think they did sign somebody, but nobody of uh, significance there. They have James Cook, who they drafted last year. They signed Damian Harris as well. 
it's an interesting team uh, without a doubt. I know they've had some issues on the offensive line. Uh, maybe they'd be looking there, although you have a lot of those guys gone already. I mean, Dewan might be Jones a decent is... spot for Mozzie Smith if you're okay with the off the field stuff. He slid one. He slid down here because of you're in a spot now where you can take a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, with the Buffalo Bills. I mean, they're they're back end here at 27. They're a Super Bowl contender. We can take a higher risk, high reward type of player like Mozzie Smith. That makes sense. Can we scroll down? Is there any cornerbacks that make any sense here? Cam Smith, no. Adi Adi, maybe. That's maybe. a spot. Ed Oliver hasn't really lived up to it there, and they love to take uh, heavy they, edges. Did, weren't they? Didn't they go with um, the guy I kind of comped him with? Didn't they go with Boogie Basham? Yes. Yep, he's, they he's a similar player to Boogie Basham. I think he's more athletic, but kind of that in-between are you outside? Are you inside? Or can we use you as both depending on matchups? Yeah. This is also an interesting team. Uh, I think this is a, the first team where you really start to consider linebacker as well. This is a team that they lost uh, uh, Tremaine Edmonds. They paid Matt Milano a lot, but uh, Jack Campbell would be a interesting pick there. You're talking about McDermott who does value that linebacker spot. Uh, obviously came over from the Panthers with Luke Keekley for a number of years as well. Uh, so this is, I think early as you can see Jack Campbell come off the board. I think for now, though, you got to trust. It's a little bit early for linebacker still for me in this class. Uh, so the top guys available, you mentioned Ade Ade. Uh, God, do they do they continue to go with the big bodied guys? I just, I don't know. Scott, this is one that also um, might upset you a little bit, uh, but I know you're a big fan of this player. I think he struggled tremendously um, at there at right tackle. I think this is one where you could consider Dewan Jones. Spencer Brown has been horrible as a pass protector. Like just dreadful out there. Um, unfortunately, maybe yeah, this and is as where big you as Dewan Jones is. Like it, it certainly you've got a third rounder into Spencer Brown. It helps them. It helps solidify the position one way or the other. You don't yep. have so much invested in Spencer Brown that you can't give him competition. That's for sure. And I just thought of who I want to go here. Um, we haven't even mentioned him yet, but you have an X in Stefan Diggs. You have a field stretcher that you really like in. Uh, Oh gosh, the other wide Gabriel Davis. I want somebody who can do a lot more from the slot that can provide some explosiveness to the game. I think Zay Flowers would be an awesome pick for them. He knows how to play in cold we weather. Talk all those guys, Boston. we're just going to take somebody else. I mean, just they're they're a spread oriented team, right? They want to run out there in ten and eleven personnel, adding to That's that because wide they've group. got a, a fullback under center. Yep, they can run. They can run with no running. I, I can get my short yardage. I can spread it out and get my get my short yardage with my with my quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think Zay Flowers would be a really fun pick for them here. All right, you've and got three minutes to make four picks. Bengals on the clock. Anton Harrison. Done. Still rebuilding need, that offensive line. Need help there. He's young. Uh, we'll see if he can play that other spot there. But uh, Anton Harrison makes a lot of sense for me. He's one of the youngest players in the draft. Got good grip strength. Needs to work on his uh, hands. Need to work. Needs to work on his ability to uh, to anchor. But a really fun player. Oh, I like 33 and 34 here for um, for the Saints, unless they had to go offensive line. If I'm looking best player available, Mozzie Smith, you know, they're not down down in the voodoo land. They're not afraid to take a chance on a guy who's got some some questions in his background. Um, BJ Ojolari right there at LSU. You know, do you keep him home? Is this a little rich for him? Um, let me see after that again. I, I, I think Ade Ade's got a chance of going in the first round. Really good player there. Jack Campbell at linebacker. Um, you mentioned which guard did you mention earlier that we didn't take just yet? Steve Avila. Steve Avila would be a decent pick here as well, who can play some center. 
Yeah, and they also really need a tight end help on this team. Uh, this is the a good depth tight, end. tight ends. I might wait until a little bit later. I, I've got a choice of some guys. You want to play Juwan Johnson as your starting tight end or Adam Troutman? I just, I don't know. It's pretty weak there. And Michael Mayer is like as safe as you can get. Um, All right. In this That's okay with class. me. They also like the edge rushers they love are those massive types. You know, the Logan Halls, the Cam Jordans. Granted, they've had a change in their defensive scheme. Uh, but I, I don't, a lot of the, the edge rushers that were available still are the, uh, the smaller bodied guys. The Eagles could use a, a I, I kind of think of Jordan Addison as a, as a, as a Calvin Ridley type. You know, they he got, doesn't do anything that's too amazing, but he gets open and he catches the ball. They got Devonta Smith, mm-hmm. right? Like that's, I think that's a little bit of a overlap here. Who did we go earlier with the, We went with uh, Nolan Smith for them with their first pick. Yes. I think, I think now we can talk. This is just classic Howie Roseman. We're leaning into it. Mozzie Smith here. Just get a uh, nose t- uh, defensive tackle, strong guy. Just continue to fortify. You know, we have two first round picks. You know what we're going to do? We're going to continue to uh, add to the defensive line. It's a unit that's a lot older. Uh, they've lost, um, what's his face, um, signed a huge deal with the 49ers, uh, Hargrave. Um, so just add talent there. All right. So who do we finish here with KC? KC. I think that this is a fun spot for uh, Dewan Jones. And I think that, uh, Zach powers mentioned it as well. Uh, they add a, they play Juwan Taylor. He's going to be a left tackle for them. So, uh, they need to continue to invest in that offensive line. I think that's the route they're going with forward. They think like, hey, we can just find wide receivers because Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are unbelievable, but let's protect that asset. So they go with the offensive line. All right. Well, there we have it. We will post this. I'll post this on uh, on my Twitter page, at uh, Scout Kennedy. Post it on the Facebook page too. This is our first round mock. Uh, let us know what you think. Obviously, you're not going to agree with everything. Frankly, we don't agree with everything. That's mm-hmm. part of how this goes. It's all speculation. And what will be fun about it is coming back after the fact and uh, and creating it in three or four months. I you know that's what's so much fun about the draft is the hindsight, the who got it right, who got it wrong, uh, of the speculation and research. And because it's an imperfect science, if there was a right way to do it, everybody would get their first round picks right. It doesn't happen that way. There's a Adam Rank did an article redrafting the first round. You get back like. 15 to 30, you're like, really? That's the best you can do out of that whole draft? Um, it's, ha- it's hard. It's hard yeah. to get impact players early. Um, but a little programming note as we've gone about 75 minutes today. Next week is, drum roll, draft week. Draft week. Nick and I will be on here on these channels on Monday. On what day do we normally take out? Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So we'll be on four days next week. We'll be on Monday and Wednesday as usual. We'll be on Thursday morning for draft. We will be on Thursday live during the draft. And then we'll do a Friday morning recap. So it's going to get really busy over the course of the next 10 days or so. And we cannot mm-hmm. wait. Thank you, everybody, for spending the time with us. Uh, hope you enjoyed the mock draft. Again, you've got any questions or concerns, you know, that, you know, I would have done this. Hey, like I said, I can make different arguments for different players in all of these. I'm not arrogant enough to say, no, you're stupid. That pick's a joke. Anything like this. Tell me why you would have done something differently. I'm very interested because there's a pretty good chance I might have done something differently too. So would Nick. We second guess all of these players. There's there's lots of different ways to go. Uh, on that note, we're going to get out of here. Nick and I will be back Thursday morning on uh, Mile High Huddle talking Broncos for breakfast. And then we'll be back Monday morning uh, right here. And it will be draft week. So thanks, mm-hmm. everybody, so much for joining us today. We're going to get out of here. And it's Wednesday. You know, that used to kick off the weekend for me when I was in college. So I'm going to go ahead and say, 
Have a great weekend, everybody. To kick off the weekend for me when I was in college. So I'm going to go ahead and say, have a great weekend, everybody.